Welcome back to Moments from Moonberry Lake. I'm your host, Holly Varney, and in today's morning news, I'll be reading A Moment with Martha. Reading Material What the elderly like to read, I think, falls into a very specific category. I feel as though we are often ignored. I can walk into a bookstore and plainly see sections for children, teens, and young adults, but I don't see one marked old folks, and I think we deserve one. And don't just say that the entire genre of fiction is a fit, because it's not. I was browsing a few possibilities that looked interesting, but then was baffled by what I read on the back cover. Yes, there is the tried-and-true category of historical fiction that is the go-to for many people midlife and up. I think the intention of those books are to make us nostalgic of how things once were. Depending upon how old you are, it can also feel more like a memoir. For me, it makes me feel thankful for the time I live in. Whenever I finish a historical novel, I always go and give my toilet an appreciative pat. I am never so thankful for that flush as I am after reading about outhouses and chamber pots. As a rule, I've always stayed away from reading romance. I read a few steamy novels when I was young and then decided it wasn't good for my marriage. After reading a few books where the handsome characters were charming and made me swoon, my outlook on my husband changed and not for the better. I came to the conclusion that reading romance books carries a serious risk of getting fed up with chicken for dinner. Before reading the exciting, heart-pounding romances, I considered my chicken dinners good and a satisfying staple. But after reading about the hunky hotties, I sat down to dinner and was mad that the chicken across from me wasn't filet mignon. To keep my head out of the clouds and appetite on chicken, I went cold turkey on reading romance. I certainly would never read anything scary or full of violence. I only have to watch the news to get that. Why people want to fill their head with potential nightmares is beyond me. Then there's the category someone told me about called speculative, which I misheard and thought they meant spectacular. It turns out those books are full of imaginary worlds. I've got a hard enough time figuring out the one I'm currently living in, so I passed on that category too. Desperate, I called up my grandchildren for ideas and asked what they were reading. One of them gave rave reviews about a vampire series. Like Dracula, I asked? My granddaughter didn't know who that was except for the character on the cereal box, Count Chocula, but promised me that these vampire books were awesome and we could be in a book club together. Like a good grandma, I read about all these vampires and got quite the education. The most enticing fact I found about them is how long they live. I like that part because there are still some things I like to do in life, especially if I had the energy for it. I went to my husband and said, I wish I could be a vampire. He rolled his eyes. If I was a vampire, I could live forever. He groaned. That sounds absolutely terrible to me. I should have known that would have been his answer, 
My husband looks at dying and going to heaven the same way people approach the long lines at the store before Christmas. You don't ever get out of line for fear of losing your place and having to start from the end. You just keep inching forward until you reach your destination. Although he may not be ready to check out yet, he certainly isn't willing to go to the back of the line and start over. You're making this too complicated, he said. Maybe he's right. I'll go back to what has surprised, entertained, intrigued, and informed me my whole life. The gold standard in reading for every household. National Geographic and Reader's Digest. Maybe it's not a specific category the elderly need, but a stack of these magazines next to a comfy chair.